Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. Here we go. Another episode, another week. Pandemic still continues. I don't want to focus constantly on discipleship in the pandemic, but it feels at the moment it's kind of where we're at. How how does our faith, our spirituality, our discipleship, our rhythms of life, our spiritual disciplines feed us right now so that we can get through uh, this wilderness that we are in? And really what, what we should be doing right now is turning to the years of experience and years of learning and, and depth of relationship with the Lord and drawing from that. But the, the danger is, some of us, we've maybe not been in training for this. We didn't realise this was coming. We've been living shallow discipled lives. Therefore, we've not got a lot to draw on. So that's what I'm coaching us through at the moment, is how to get through, how to draw on what God has for us. Now, before we jump into, today, into today's episode, I want to remind you, Lent is coming. We've got this beautiful book that we've written called Apprentice to Jesus that we would love you to get a hold of a copy. A link to buy a copy of the book is in the show notes for the podcast. But starting February 22nd at 7.45 for an hour and a bit on a Monday night. We have four Monday evening webinars. There's a bit of a coaching session on discipleship. And friends, look, we're going to be looking at some significant discipleship topics on those Monday nights. And the way it's going to work is you would turn up. There's going to be a 25, 30 minute uh, bit of input. It's almost like a podcast, but live. OK, we get to see each other face to face. And then we're going to have a bit of Q&A. And then we're going to break out into small groups and discuss how we're doing with some of the homework or the challenges that are set within the book Apprentice uh, to Jesus. Jesus is our blueprint that we want to follow, not religion, uh, not some random modern spirituality. We want to follow Jesus Christ as the blueprint for our lives. So what does that look like? How are we doing that? And how are we getting on doing that during Lent? That's the plan with the webinars. I would love you to sign up and join me during Lent. There will not be a podcast going out during Lent. It's, it is almost like the podcast is going live. So I'd love you to sign up. The way to do that is through Eventbrite. There's a link in the show notes to do that. Invite friends to join us as well. I would love as many of us as possible to, to be a part of that uh, Monday night Lent webinar. And it's completely free. Uh, all you need is a copy of the book, really, for it to, to make sense. So... That's all said and done. We're going to explore the topic now of finding joy in a joyless place. Finding joy in a joyless place. It's part of this series that I'm doing at the moment called How to Catch Your Breath. How do we catch our breath? How do we find joy in a joyless place? How do we keep on going when there does not seem to be a let up? So here we go. I hope you find this interesting and inspiring on today's episode. Uh, Here we go. So let's jump straight in, finding joy in a joyless place. The wilderness, the Bible is filled full of pictures. God speaks in pictures. That's that's generally how he works. God speaks in pictures. If you look throughout the Bible, uh, metaphors and pictures are really what God is up to. You know, pictures of boys who've left home who then come back. God is full of parables and parable language. Uh, The Bible starts in a garden. 
where we walk away and we reject that garden and that the scriptures end with the garden, a new Jerusalem, a new holy city garden. So God loves these pictures and wilderness pictures, desert picture throughout scripture. We see it all the way through. When, when Adam and Eve leave the garden, they go into the wilderness. Uh, the wilderness is often a place where we see as a, it's a difficult place. It's a hard place. It's a rocky place. Uh, there's no water in the desert. There's no shade in the wilderness. Uh, so the wilderness is a place we learn to trust God completely. In the wilderness, uh, we don't have what we need. So we're having to lean into God more. What's interesting is this pandemic really has shoved us as, as Western Christians predominantly into a wilderness period. And it's teaching us and showing us that we were not as prepared as we'd like to think we were. We thought we were doing well. We thought our churches were filled full of Christians who were doing well and that they uh, had all that they all the equipping they needed to see them through a wilderness season. And the wilderness season has come and it's shown us that we don't actually have what it takes. It's in the wilderness we get to work out who we are. It's in the wilderness we realise actually how frail we are. It's in the wilderness we realise we do not have what we need, but it's also in the wilderness that we get to know God, we get to trust him, we get to love him. This is why the picture of the shepherd and the sheep in scripture is so powerful for us right now. God is the shepherd, we are the sheep. We are in the wilderness. We don't have what it takes, but we have a shepherd who is going to lead us through the wilderness. He's going to give us a new path. Isaiah 45 talks about in the wilderness that becomes a highway. This highway, the shepherd is going to lead us down. A highway is a road in a neighbourhood that's going to get you through that neighbourhood quick. We're in the neighbourhood of wilderness right now and God is making a highway. We've just got to get behind the shepherd. And what's beautiful in scripture, uh, if you were to look at the Exodus story, God's people were led from a city into the wilderness. The wilderness always eventually leads to a promised place, a new place that God has given us. But in the wilderness, where is God? Well, you look at the scriptures, look at look in um, the Exodus story. God is in the business of giving his people just enough to get through that season. He gives them just enough bread, manna from heaven. He gives them just enough water from a rock that the water leaks from. He gives them just enough shade to sit under in the heat of the day. God is in the business of just giving us just enough because he wants us not to trust ourselves and our own resources because he wants us to trust him, love him, be with him in the wilderness. So this is what's going on right now. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a place where we're realising we are not as powerful as we thought we were. We're not as equipped as we thought we were. And now we're saying, gosh, God, I don't have what it takes. God joins his people in the wilderness. Let me just read this to you. So this is our passage for today. Psalm 34. I'm going to read from 18 to 21. And I love this verse. I'm going to read this from the message translation. I love, love, love this. If this doesn't speak into where we are right now, I don't know what does. So Psalm 34, 18 to 21. If your heart is broken, you will find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples often get in trouble. Still, God is there every time. He is your bodyguard, shield. He will shield every bone. Not even a finger will be broken. I love this line. Check this line. The wicked, or those that have rejected God, the wicked commit slow 
suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. Those that have rejected God, in other words, they're committing a slow suicide because they're wasting their lives away rather than going to the thing that's going to give them life. How does God help us catch our breath? That is going to be our ultimate question. So I love that line there. If you're kicked in the gut, God will help you catch your breath. Friends, no matter how hard you try, if you are in a place where there is no oxygen, if you go up to an incredibly high mountain where the oxygen levels are low, what can you do about it? How can you catch your breath? Sometimes there is nothing you can do. There's nothing you could do. There's no sitting down. There's no hiding. There's no trying to breathe differently. If you're in a place where oxygen is depleted, you can't do it. If you're kicked in the gut and you're struggling to breathe, don't worry. God will help you catch your breath. God is in the business of giving us what we need. So many Christians right now keep using these phrases to me as we enter this third like this third lockdown. People are saying things like, oh, I'm sinking. I'm struggling. I feel defeated this time round. It's like the first lockdown, which was kind of Easter through to the summer of 2020, people got through on sheer determination. Things were different. They were working out of their nervous energy. The second lockdown came in the autumn of 2020. People struggled with that, but they were able to just keep going on the resources that they had. We've hit Christmas and now entered 2021, and we do not have the resources. The bucket is empty. There is nothing there. And so people are saying to me, Chris, I am sinking. I am exhausted. I am fed up. I have had enough. I want to get off this ride. This is not fun anymore. This is the language. I don't know about you, but this is my language. Do you know what? I, I ruined my day yesterday. I ruined it completely. It's Wednesday and I woke up on Wednesday morning. I looked at the alarm clock and I thought to myself, oh, it's Thursday, my day off tomorrow. Oh, thank the Lord, day off tomorrow. I ruined my day because then I got in the shower, I went to get dressed and I realised when I looked at my wife, Becky, it was not Thursday, it was Wednesday. In fact, I had Wednesday and Thursday to still get through and I just, I've ruined the last two days. Like, oh, I haven't got what I need to get through these two days. I'm exhausted. I looked today at my diary and, and everything that I got in my diary. And I've got some fantastic people that I'm meeting with on Zoom today. But do you know what? I'm just fed up. I am fed up of Zoom. I'm fed up of people. I'm fed up of talking. I've got nothing left. I am depleted and empty. I am sinking. I'm struggling. I'm defeated. I'm, I'm on the same page as everyone else, I'm in no different place to everybody else. The reality is, for so long, for many of us, the church has been the watering hole. We have gone to church to receive from church to help us get through a week. But now we have not got the watering hole. It's not like it once was we are much more isolated, much more on our own. We're much more doing things under our own steam. And because we hadn't got the greatest rhythm, spiritual disciplines in our lives, we are now at a point of sinking. Even those of us that had got disciplines in, and even those of us that were regularly praying and reading the Bible, even those of us that were spending time with God regularly, we are saying, I am done. I am spent. I am out of it. I am broken. 
where can I find God right now? I'm kicked in the gut, the knee, the ankle, the chin. Every, there's nothing that I've not been kicked in. That's what we feel like. This Psalm 34 makes this promise. When you are on your knees, when you're broken and you're kicked in the gut, don't worry. God will help catch your breath. God will help us catch up. So how do, how do we go about this? What does this look like? Well, ultimately, it's always going to be an encounter with God. If you are not putting yourself in a place to regularly encounter God and his breath, then you're almost committing your own suicide. That line in there, the wicked commit slow suicide. I agree the wicked commit slow suicide. I think many Christians commit slow suicide by not actually commit, connecting with life and life to the full. Jesus says, I have come, John 10, 10, I've come to give life and life in all its fullness. Okay, so many of us, the danger is we believe in Jesus. Uh, we want to worship Jesus, but actually we don't drink on Jesus. We don't engage with Jesus. We don't pray to Jesus. We don't breathe in Jesus. So we are committing slow suicide. If you are empty and down and crushed, I think we have to take, and this is, gosh, this is, this is a bit of a harsh podcast this week, isn't it? But it's a bit of a reality check. And I'm, I'm pointing at me in, in this as much as anybody else. Did I really have the spiritual disciplines in place that I thought I had? Do I, did I really have in place what I need? Or have I been committing a slow suicide for years and didn't even realise it? Yes, I turn up to church. Yes, I give my tithe. Yes, I serve in some ministry at the church. But I've been committing slow suicide because I have not been breathing from the one that wants to give. I've been breathing in tainted oxygen for years and didn't even realise it. I've not been breathing in the pure oxygen that God wants to give us. So physically, what do we need? Physically, we need food for our bellies. We need breath in our lungs. If we don't eat, we'll starve to death. If we don't breathe, then we will just die. Without breath, without oxygen, we don't have what we need to be alive. Friends, spiritually, we are in the same place. If we do not have food and we don't have breath in our lungs, we cannot spiritually exist. We are committing slow suicide. What is the food? We know this. The food is to meditate on scripture. Scripture is the food for our belly. Psalm 1 talks about uh, meditating on his word, devouring the word of God. This week we had Brian Heasley come and he spoke. Brian works for 24-7 Prayer, an amazing guy is Brian. And he spoke to my staff team and he was talking about meditating on scripture. And I don't want to use everything that he said, because to be fair, I want to use it myself in a full podcast. because It was so genius. But he talked about meditating. And uh, to meditate, it's like sucking on a sweet. You suck on a boiled sweet, you're, you're sucking on it, you're sucking on it. For, if you can make it last for hours sometimes, sucking on that, that sweet. If you're sucking on a throat sweet, it's there for, for a long period of time. To meditate on scripture is to take scripture and to suck on it and suck on it and suck on it over a long period of time. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be sucking on scripture and taking from it everything that we we need. Um, the other thing, and then it's prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. If we are not praying, we are not spiritually breathing. Let's just make this totally clear. There's a lot of us that are Christians and we are not spiritually breathing. We're not breathing in. I don't know how we've done it. I don't know how we've got through it. I don't know how we've existed. But we've got through by not spiritually breathing. And now we've hit a season where we cannot do it. We are done. We have been committing slow suicide for years because we have not been 
breathing all that God has got for us in prayer. I want to read to you just a few pieces of scripture just to connect breathing up uh, with this, uh, the life that we need. So uh, Genesis 2, the Lord God formed mankind from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into their nostrils. Job 27, as long as I live, I will have breath from God. My lips will speak no evil, my tongue no speak no lies. I have the breath of God. Job 32, but there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them. Job 33, for the spirit of the Lord has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Job 34, if God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, all life would cease. Psalm 104, but if you turn away from them, they panic. When you uh, take away their breath, they die and turn again to dust. Isaiah 42, God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone and life to everybody who walks the earth. Ezekiel 37, and this is what the sovereign Lord says to dry bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. John 20, again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 17, the Lord who made the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples, but built by man and their hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Scripture connects breathing life with our spiritual life. God wants to give us breath. If you are not praying, you are not breathing. If you're not receiving the Holy Spirit, then you are not breathing. Are you committing slow suicide? If you, like me and like many others, are saying, I'm sinking, I'm struggling, I feel defeated right now, we have to ask ourselves the stark question, don't we? Why? Why is it? Why is it? What is going on? Are you in a wilderness right now? And in that wilderness, you are not putting yourself in a position to get the help you need. Are you wandering the wilderness on your own? Are you trying to get through the wilderness by drinking more coffee, watching more Netflix and making more banana bread? What is it you are doing trying to get through? And whilst at the same time, you're committing slow suicide because you have not put in the spiritual disciplines. See, we could talk about spiritual disciplines outside of this pandemic. And we go, yeah, 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 I need those, need those, never actually do anything about it. And now we've hit a pandemic and now we're in this third phase of this pandemic. And it's really bringing about a stark reality. We have not been doing what we need to have been doing for so long. And now we are done. We are at the end of it. And I want to ask you this question. Are you willing to carry on doing what you're doing that isn't working and commit slow suicide? Are you willing to just commit slow suicide? Or do you need to say, do you know what? Something has to shift. Something has to change. I need to start investing into my spiritual disciplines. I need to start investing into my spiritual disciplines. I want to share with you an idea 
uh, a yes but how? What now, Chris? So what? Right, I'm in the wilderness. Uh, I'm kicked in the gut. Uh, God wants to give me breath. What What do I do to get that? How, how do I get there? Like, what What do I do to get that? Look, if you've not watched, uh, listened to the episode on um, the three, two, one spiritual discipline of of reading the Bible, praying each day, and waiting on the Holy Spirit, then I'd love you to go and do that. It's one of the first episodes in making disciples. Your Your three, two, one is this. Every day, start the day by praying, uh, by reading the scriptures for three minutes. Hey, the Psalms are brilliant for reading in three minutes. You can read quite a lot of a Psalm in three minutes. If you're not reading the Bible for three minutes each day and reflecting on it, you are not going to be given the, getting the food that you need. Read the Bible three minutes, two minutes, pray. Tell God what's going on in your day. Tell him, share it with him. And then one minute, listen to God and say, God, what do you want to say to me? Breathe in what God has for you. A couple of things that I found really helpful. Uh, in this uh, is is taking something small and allowing it to kind of marinate in me. So just when I talk through Tuesday, this last Tuesday for you, I had uh, a day of meetings. Uh, it started early and it finished late. And like everyone else now, it's all on Zoom. And I am not coping with Zoom at all everything's gone on zoom everything everything's gone on zoom now and i am completely screen timed out so i finished work and i sat on the bed and i was just uptight inside i am uh, anxious uptight frustrated i could pick a fight with anybody and so i went and hid on the bed and i laid on the bed and i find myself doing this thing where i'd, I'd breathe it I go, oh, oh, I breathe in out, I'm groaning. And Bex, my wife, she comes in, she's sat in an armchair that she's got in our bedroom. And I'm laid on the bed going, oh, she's going, what are you doing? I'm like, I just need to, I just need to get out. I need to get something out of me. I'm so uptight inside. I've got to get it out. And I'm sat there in the bed going, oh, just trying to groan this, this thing out. And and it reminded me of something that I often do in a morning that I was actually doing then, but I didn't have the words to speak. You know, scripture says when we pray, the spirit will translate our groans. Sometimes when you haven't got a word to speak, the spirit of God will groan. I was praying with prayer groans, just breathing out this, this stress and anxiety. I was groaning it out. There's a couple of things you can do um, really practically uh, to really turn that activity into something helpful i don't know if you've ever heard the phrase jesus christ have mercy on me a sinner like really traditional churches uh, will use this phrase where you breathe out by saying the word jesus christ have mercy on me a sinner and you, then they would breathe in and let that breath come in and hold it and then they would say again jesus christ have mercy on me a sinner and they would breathe it in again. It does come out of the Catholic traditions. I love that phrase though, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. A, it's true. I need God's mercy. I am a sinner. The second thing is it's super easy to remember. Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's also really short, which means it's easy to say out in a breath, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I do these things sometimes where uh, I'll start by saying it quick and then breathing in holding this breath and then 
breathing it out again and saying, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. But then I would slow it down. So it slows down and slows down and slows down. And I find that really helpful, just using this phrase. Now, you can do that exactly the same with any scripture. You know, you could you, you could pray, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Not that we would die, but that we would have eternal life. Like You could use that as a way of just repeating that line over and over. In recovery, if you are in recovery from uh, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, gambling, sex, anonymous, whatever you go, the serenity prayer is something that is learned within the recovery meetings. The serenity prayer is amazing. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, the serenity prayer is just this fab little prayer that helps almost center us. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know a difference. That prayer gives us this beautiful short rhythm. So you could try this. You sit down, you're feeling anxious inside. Breathe out, God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. One of the things that we do at All Hallows, our church, we use this prayer in all of our recovery meetings. Uh, those that are very church-based, those that are very kind of just normal recovery meetings, we will change that God grant me to Jesus. Jesus, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And members of our recovery ministry will have that serenity prayer on their iPhone as their backdrop, that when they're struggling, they can turn to it during the day. And I was talking to a friend of ours from church. He drives a white van for his work, and he was particularly stressed uh, in a particularly difficult situation uh, at work. And he just pulled out his phone and he read the serenity prayer off his mobile. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. The serenity prayer is this beautiful little prayer that you can breathe in. So breathing out a prayer and breathing in God's presence, his Holy Spirit, this rhythm of scripture, prayer, breathing. This is going to give your lungs, your heart, your mind what it needs. It's going to give you scripture and it's going to give you prayer and it's going to give you the spirit, all the things that we need to thrive. So I just want to encourage you, how do you catch your breath? How do you catch your breath? You catch your breath by creating space to sit with the one that will give you breath. If you are not praying, if you are not sucking on scripture, if you're not waiting on the spirit, you are going to be out of breath. You are going to be committing slow suicide. How do you find joy in a joyless place? How do you find joy in a wilderness you find joy in those moments where you find the manna, you find the living water, you find the shade. Where does the manna come from? Where does the water come from? Where does the shade come from? It only comes from one place, God himself. God joining his people in the wilderness. If you are not creating watering holes in your day to come and be with the one that wants to feed you, water you and shade you, don't be surprised when you're saying, I'm sinking, I'm struggling, and I feel distant to God. If you've not got that watering hole in your day, you are committing slow suicide. And it is a stark reality. This episode has been challenging in some ways, reminding us we're not doing what we should be doing. And, you know, if, if I was a sports coach 
and you were not doing the exercises that are given to you, I'd be like, what's the, like, you're not doing what you're being asked to do. Like, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get fit, you've got to put in what's needed to get out of it what's needed. The same is with our spiritual life. If we want to find joy in the joyless place, if we want to find joy in the wilderness, get where you're going to receive that joy. Get to the watering hole, the one that will feed you, water you, and give you that shade. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray as we end. I want to pray that serenity prayer just over us as we finish. But could you really start to put in place a daily rhythm of doing a three, two, one and a daily rhythm of spiritually breathing, breathing out something. God, Jesus Christ, give mercy on me, a sinner, breathing in his spirit, using the serenity prayer, the Lord's prayer, anything like that, using scripture, John 3, 16, whatever it takes. Could you put that you know, I'm saying, could you? I'm like, seriously, guys, you need it. And if you don't do this, you are committing slow suicide and you know that you're doing it. You know, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Don't commit slow suicide and be fully aware that you are doing that. Um, it's like going on food deprivation and knowing what it's doing to you and then complaining that you're hungry. Get breathing. So let's pray. God grant us, Jesus grant us, the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. And would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would we receive all that you have for us today? Would we breathe deeply into our lungs your presence, your peace, and your life to the full? And all the saints said, Amen.